What's up, coaches? You are tuned in to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast for all things D-line play. Wherever you are, however you are listening, thank you for bringing us along with you today. This is episode 85, and once again, we have an outstanding show lined up for you. Today, we're talking to a coach with a ton of juice all the way out in Oakland, Oaktown, baby. But more on him in a minute. First, a few programming notes to make you aware of if you are a regular listener to this show. After today, we have just three episodes left in what I guess you would call uh, the second season of this podcast. For those of you who are new to KYPD, we launched in February 2019. And just like last year, we will take the month of December and the first couple weeks of January off before picking back up with our usual schedule. Uh, where we release weekly episodes every Monday. Now, that won't mean you're stuck listening to, you know, Mickey Mouse and Friends Christmas carols in the car with your kids on the way to Grandma's house for Christmas break. Uh, You can go back and check out any of our previous 84 episodes. There's something there for everyone. So if you've missed uh, some episodes, you'll have some time to catch up in December. Uh, Also, I'll be working on our guest lineup and other episode ideas for 2021 uh, during that time off. So if you have a coach in mind, that you would like to hear from, that you can put me in touch with. I mean, yeah, I, I get it, guys. We'd all like to hear from Bill Belichick or, you know, the D.C. at some Power 5 conference. But as of now, those guys aren't returning my calls, all right? Uh, I guess I got to get my cloud up a little bit. But if you have someone you think I should talk to for this podcast, hit me up on Twitter, uh, at KYPD Podcast, or you can send us an email, uh, and that is kypdpodcast at gmail.com. I don't care what level they coach. The one requirement is that whoever they are, they better bring some dang juice. Uh, anyway, speaking of juice, our guest today brings plenty of that, especially for a guy who's been at this coaching gig for almost longer than I've been alive. Uh, sorry to date you, coach. But uh, anyway, today we're talking with Lincoln University defensive line coach Vince Bordelon. Now, coach is from Oakland, played his college football at Diablo Valley College in Cal State Hayward, and then started coaching in 1987 at Diablo Valley. Uh, and over time has made stops at both the high school and junior college levels in California, including places like Berkeley High School, uh, Contra Costa College, Laney College, uh, all before accepting his current position at Lincoln. Now, you heard me just mention uh, Laney College there at the end. Coach Vince was the outside backers coach for the Eagles team that won the California State Championship in 2018, and then whose 2019 season was featured in Season 5 of Last Chance U. Throughout his career, Coach Bordelon has coached eight All-Americans, both on the high school and junior college levels, and has two former players currently playing in the NFL. And speaking of the NFL, in 2013, Coach participated in the Bill Walsh Minority Internship with the Carolina Panthers. Today, Coach Vince and I talk about his love for the city of Oakland, his coaching career, which not only encompasses stops at several California JUCOs that we're going to talk about, but also includes a 24-year career as a juvenile probation officer at the Alameda County Jail. Yeah, we're going to talk about that And then some of Coach B's coaching cues and his buzzwords that he uses when teaching playing the run and rushing the passer. So a lot of great stuff to get to today in our conversation with Coach Bordelon. So let's get to it. Here is episode number 85 with Coach Vince Bordelon on KYPD. Coach Bordelon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, coming from the great city of Oakland, California. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. 
Well, Coach, let's jump right into this thing here. So start off telling us a little bit about yourself. You know, you're, you're, you're an Oakland guy through and through. Now, talk to us about that, how you got involved in the game of football, and, and maybe some people who have influenced you along the way. Okay, well, um, I was born and raised in Oakland, and then my grandparents uh, that raised me moved out to a suburb, uh, San Ramon. <clears throat> so I went to high school, at California high school in San Ramon, and, uh, you know, my grandfather influenced me in football. He used to take me to Raider games in the early 70s. Uh, I remember my first game I went to was in 1972, and um, it was uh, Ken Stabler and actually Joe Blanda or uh, George Blanda. Um, you know, all those great Raiders. Um, I went to uh, California High School, played O-line, D-line, <clears throat> ended up going to uh, Juco route. I uh, went to San Diego Mesa College for a year, and then I went to Diablo Valley College. That's in a suburb up here in um, Pleasant Hill, California, which I have coached at. Um, then I played in a D2, Division II, uh, Cal State Hayward. So um, Ed Hall was probably the biggest guy that, influenced me in coaching um he was my head coach at Diablo Valley College and he actually um one of my mentors right now or for for a lifetime helped me get every job I've ever gotten and he he gave me a coaching job coaching like in 1987 and I was coaching the tackles and tight ends so that was really interesting coaching uh O-line back then and just played um because I played O-line in college so, um, and back in 1988, um, you know, I coached, um, you know, a 10-0 team at DVC at Diablo Valley College. You know, Coach Hall was, um, we, we, we started with the run and shoot. That's when, uh, you know, UOP back then, it's a school in the Pacific, no longer has football. And they um, used to run the run and shoot. And uh, John Gruden was there coaching back then. I remember having a sit-down chalk talk uh, with John Gruden, talking about check with me and, you know, passing game and those things. But um, that's that's about, you know, me from, you know, what I do, what I did, where I started. What was it about coaching that drew you into that profession? Um, helping kids, you know, it's helping um, so many Kids, you know, I work. I came from working in the probation department at juvenile hall for 25 years, so I saw a lot of negativity and and bad things. So, you know, you had to work dual jobs. You had a full time job plus your coaching job, and you know, just coaching at community college level, um, it, it was a good level where kids struggled academically, may not have been mature enough. Um, they weren't just they weren't ready, and you know, you can nurture kids and. Um, really help kids at that level get on and just uh, become good young men, you know, teaching them lifelong wellness skills, teaching them um, how to act at a restaurant, what fork to use when you eat a salad, you know, things that some young men don't get, black, white, um, Chinese, Mexican, anything. I'm saying, you know, all young men in general, you know, just how to um, learn, you know, young men's skills. I used to play chess with my players just to teach them strategy. Yeah, and I, I definitely want to get into the your career as you know working at the juvenile detention center uh, that you did along along with with coaching because I think that's a dynamic that you know a lot of coaches you know across the country just may have a, a, a trouble wrapping their mind around right because most of oh, us especially on the high school level most of us are teachers or, or you know maybe we have yeah. you know maybe you're in a yeah. state where you have another job or something and then you go but right. but that that's just that's that's you know, something really interesting that we're going to get into. But first, just walk us through the, the coaching stops that you've made. I know, you know, you, you've, you have, um, you know, 
been a, a mainstay, a fixture in in the junior college uh, football scene there in California. You're now at Lincoln University. So just talk to us, you know, about about, about you know where you've been as a coach. Um, I started, like I said, the first was um, year was uh, I coached like twelve years at Diablo Valley College, and then um, see, up in the Bay Area, we have like close to six junior colleges you know, close 10 minutes apart, 15 minutes apart. And then I coached at uh, Chabot College. I've coached at Fremont High School of Oakland. Um, I even coached Pop Warner. My son was growing up, and I, so he didn't have a coach, and I got a couple of my buddies, and um, I was coaching Pop Warner one, uh, one year. It, it was a very humbling, great experience, but I was able to teach my son and his friends the right way how to play. And from that group, um, they had 10 kids that finished, you know, if you track them, played four years of football, you know, from that team. So that's always rewarding. Um, I was at um, McClyman's High School. McClyman's High School is a powerhouse um, up in uh, West Oakland with uh, Alonzo Carter. Alonzo Carter is a coach currently at San Jose State University. Um, and that's, we played college football together at Cal State Hayward, and I helped him coach his O-line. And um, we were city champions two years in a row. We had um, 12 Division I scholarships just on one team. We had nine the other year. Um, Alonzo does a lot of phenomenal things. He really helped me a lot at coaching. He um, He's helped me get numerous jobs also. He helped me get this current Lincoln job. Um, I was then at Berkeley High, and I went back to the community college level at Contra Costa Community College with uh, Coach Carter. Coach Carter was the head coach and brought me in as his D-line coach there. Um, coached there three years, and then I went to DVC, Diablo Valley College. Um, my son played there um, with me when I was there, so that was rewarding. I had um, two first-team All-Americans on that team. Tui Talia and Sione uh, Tupawada. Um, I coached Kyle Cragen that played in the NFL with um, Denver Broncos, went to Cal Berkeley. So that's when we started playing that D-line new stuff up at DVC Diablo Valley College with Mike Dar. He was the head coach. And then I, the main reason I went back there because Ed Hall was um, still coaching there, my old mentor. So he talked me into coming up there. And then um, in 2013, Josh Ramos one of the best upcoming uh, defensive coordinators around um, offered me a position at Laney College. And it hit perfectly, Ty, because um, instead of driving 25 miles one way to Diablo Valley College, I was five minutes to Laney College because I, I, I reside in um, Oakland um, with my wife, Rosalind, and I have um, just have a grandson and uh, my son and daughter. But um, it was just phenomenal because it was a perfect fit and John Beam allowed me the head coach he got me um, in the teaching so I was able to um, be part-time full-time at Laney um, from 2013 to um, up to 2019 so um, coach Beam gave me my first opportunity to actually be a professor college professor and that was just you know one of my goals because I retired from probation department in, uh, at 47 and um, Coach Beam uh, came around in 2013 and uh, gave me that opportunity to, you know, be a professor at the college level. And I, I enjoyed it. I'm just doing bucket list things, just doing things to, you know, make an old man happy and make, you know, help other kids 
you know, improve their lifestyle and become, you know, better people. And then we won our state championship in 2018. Um, Coach Ramos brought me in to recruit because, you know, we had a, we have a lot of recruiting wars out here that you guys probably have them in Texas with all the big-time high schools. Um, it's open recruiting, so kids can come to any school they want to. They can get there, however. And one thing about Laney College was ideal. They had um, public transportation on campus so i knew i could get anybody i could get anybody so you know we every year laney i had uh, one or two division one outside linebackers because i coached the outside linebackers at laney and um because uh, coach coughlin was the d-line coach and he does a phenomenal job and i that was always a tough situation on me taking the job because um brian and i you know became such great friends and he respects me you know, my work as a D-line coach, and I respect him, and we work together well to, you know, give those, you know, great assets to the young men up there at Laney. And then after Laney, I went to, um, I just accepted this Lincoln job. And Lincoln University is first-year football program, and it's a um, international business college. So that'll be challenging in itself because they only offer two degrees. So I've been um, working hard on recruiting. Um, we got hired back in um, first of October, and we've been working since, going to a lot of showcases. Um, I've been talking to all my people down in um, Tyler, Texas, and San Antonio, Texas, because that was my big thing. I bring a lot of kids from the bases in San Antonio because you could get up to junior college and you know have your use your GI bill and get that free. The, uh, free tuition and they get extra services. So um, I had a service down there in San Antonio really, you know, helped me a lot with getting kids out here to California. Well, and and so just a, a really unique and and I'm sure rewarding coaching career up to this point. And now you're getting ready to embark on a new challenge there at Lincoln, starting up a program there that you know, you're going to play your first season in in the fall of 2021, hopefully. Uh, you know, Correct. Who, who knows the way we things a, are. We got an eight-man right schedule right now, Ty, <laughs> and we, we don't have a field, so we got to practice or we have a 10-away game for our first year. Wow, wow. Okay, so. We so got, we're coming to Texas, too. We're coming, we got Texas in Kingsville. Oh, okay. We play Texas Thurman. We play Texas Permian. Oh, te- Termi- uh, Permian Basin. University of Texas Permian, Permian Basin. Basin. Yes, yeah, yes, Odessa. Yep, yes, yep. Okay. Yeah, so in Odessa. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. That's about uh, movie miles. I know yeah, that's one. right. That's right. There you go. There you go. Okay, so a yeah. lot to unpack from that. And and obviously what everybody's going to recognize from your bio there is the, is your stint at Laney College uh, because, you know, most guys who are listening to this have, have had a chance to watch Last Chance You. So I'll go ahead and ask you about that. You know, we had Coach Coughlin <laughs> on about a month ago. And he talked to us about yeah. his own experiences on that show and just the challenges that go along with that. So let's hear about about the you know your your uh, from your perspective what that season was like for you guys uh, there you know having having well, just season, won a state championship. Season and a win loss record is season that we portrayed because there was two different things after we won our state championship. That was the hardest year to recover from recruiting. You know, we, we, we got guys and we had, you know, some kids coming back, but um, we didn't have a lot of numbers. And we had so many guys from the 2018 kids that were freshmen that didn't really play. And they had to step up in the roles to play. And then along with the, the cameras and um, all the 
um, attention that they, they were getting. Those kids weren't used to it. They weren't ready. It was, it was they, they all had deer, um, you know, the big eyes and the deers and the headlights and all that. They, you know, everybody can't handle um, those pitch, those, those cameras and perform, you know, on that level. Me, I was excited. I used to have my guys, you know, I was the same me. I couldn't change just because of the camera. You see me, I'm I'm the coach in the bar always. I mean, they're giving me free food and, and free um, soda pops. I'm drinking all the soda pops and eating up all the food and having a great time <laughs> with it. But uh, it was it was hard for like the, some of the kids because a lot of kids thought we were going to go out, out of state recruiting hard because we, we, we only had like eight out-of-state kids that year we won the state championship. And most teams, you know, in California – get about 15 to 20 out-of-state kids. And us being a smaller school with all the big giants around us, uh, San Mateos and the San Francisco's and the Diablo Valleys, um, we didn't really get the kids in because a lot of kids didn't come to Laney thinking that they weren't going to play. That year was rough, Ty, because, um, you know, we had kids that were third-year guys that gray-shirted, red-shirted. So now they, they, they shoot, I've been here three years, coach. I got to play now but they still ran the 4-8. You know, they weren't fast right, enough. Right, they knew our right. system. You know, we had, we had a bunch of um, NAIA D2 guys, you know, guys that were, they'd come to every meeting, they'd be on time to practice, you know, they'd do everything we'd want them to do, but athletic ability-wise, they weren't big, though. I call them aircraft carriers. They weren't aircraft carriers. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we had a few. We had the, the um, Amirs and, 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 and the Rays, Ray, Ray was an aircraft carrier. Ray, Ray will be playing on Sunday, but we knew um, he was already good. But we had, you know, uh, safeties that are returning. But then we had freshmen beating out sophomores, you know, things like that. We had, we had a lot of freshmen having to play. And it, it was tough with the cameras. And then um, John Beam's always tough. You know, he's, he's always a discipline. He's a disciplinarian. He's always on the kids. And, you know, he means well, but, um, you know, sometimes he, he's tough. He's a tough dude. Would you say that the show accurately portrayed him and just your program as a whole? Or was there, you know, was, it, was, was there some things that you didn't necessarily agree with how, it, how y'all were portrayed? I, I liked how they portrayed our city as Oakland, as a uh, resident that lives in Oakland. And with Oakland, with our Black Panther movement and... Um, originated because that helped to uplift the community. Because um, my dentist was the Black Panther dentist, you know, uh, Dr. Wong. Um, they have just so many um, cultural enrichments through. Um, it's such a big melting pot with Chinatowns, and you know, we have our Latino community and food bell district. We have so many um, positive um, cultural areas in Oakland that. You know, it showed it showed a good level of them and a lot of them. Um, I think um, when you're on the camera, you, you you do get Hollywood. And I don't know. I just um, coach was coach had a great acting. He did a great job. How about that? <laughs> That's a great great political answer right there. You can tell you've been in this coaching gig for a while, and a great way to. <laughs> to maybe kind of sidestep that one a little bit. And I'm going to let you have it because I'm I'm not a member of the media. I'm not trying to probe for anything. Oh, no, give it to me, brother. Now, here, here's uh, what I do want to ask you I about. I need a recommendation, so I can't <laughs> talk to that about Beamer. <laughs> here's what I do want to talk to you about. 
Um, yes, sir. So, so for someone who's never been to Oakland, okay, I, all I okay. know about it is the things that I've seen on TV. Uh, that's ta- not true. We can go fishing. We can get on a boat. We can go to Everton Jones, Everton Jones Barbecue. <laughs> we what? can get some, go ahead, some Korean food. Yeah, that's that's food. what I want to hear. Tell me about the city and, and just, you know, again, someone from being there, now you're back there and, as an adult coaching there. Talk about that city oh, and what it means to I, you. I spent too much money. I spent too much money on lunchtime because <laughs> I'm always going to good food places. They got so much cultural good food in Oakland. Um, now that we've gentrified downtown and we got everyone from Silicon Valley to Facebook to Google living in downtown Oakland because Oakland's cheaper than San Francisco and Cupertino. Um, you got all the young, what is it, ex-generation kids, and they just uh, buy food, buy food. And it helps an old guy like my wife and I because we get to go enjoy um, anything from anywhere, anything. I mean, we got um, uh, California's big for food trucks and we can go to the um, Lake Merritt. We can go and just have food trucks at the museum. And um, you can get garlic, uh, crab garlic fries. You can get uh, oh boys. I mean, back home, like, our family's from New Orleans and um, Amit, Louisiana. So, you know, I like the the, the, the Creoles, you know, the, the gumbos and the jambalayas. And, you know, we got beautiful eatery, eateries out here in Oakland that, um, you know, really showcases people's talents. All right, Coach, let's pretend I'm riding shotgun with you on a recruiting trip. Talk to me about the things that I'm going to see, how you're going to interact with people and kids and coaches and administrators. Let's, let's, let's go on a recruiting trip and tell me, kind of narrate what that day is going to look like for us. Well, first of all, we're going to probably start it off and go to the fifth wheel and get us the Ricky Henderson special. You know, because, <laughs> you, you know, you get the Ricky Henderson special, you get you some uh, pork chops with some grits, with some uh, cheese grits with eggs over easy, with some uh, English muffins. And um, after that, we'll uh, slide through and uh, head up to the college and uh, just, you know, show you this beautiful campus. And we'll go down to Jack London Square, and you'll be right on the water. So you'll look over the uh, Bay Bridge and see San Francisco. Um, after that, you know, we'll definitely um, go back to Everton Jones. That's right there down there on uh, Broadway. and get some good barbecue and brisket and some yams and collard greens. And, um, I just like to take them, I'll take them to the, uh, up on top of Cal Berkeley and let them just see how beautiful the hills are and the terrain is because I can be in the beach at the beach in five minutes in Oakland, or we can be up in the mountains in another 10 minutes. So there's so many beautiful, um, different areas right there at your fingertips being from the bay. We can go on my boat and go fishing right there in the bay, um, catching some nice surgeon and some stripers or some halibut. Um, I do things like that with kids. I always want to show them, um, you know, the, the Coliseum, let them know where the Raiders play, take them to the Raiders facilities. I show kids that, um, they come out here and I always take kids to Berkeley, Berkeley's a, a beautiful town, um, old hippies, um, hippie town, People's Park, a lot of vendors. And then they got, they got beautiful girls. They got a lot of, you know, young people like young people. You know, unfortunately, in the COVID time, so we can't do any of this stuff. But um, I show them San Francisco. I take them to Chinatown in Oakland, San Francisco. We'll go have some garlic roasted crab at Thang Long. Um, I do those kind of things. I try to show them 
how I live and what I like to do. We go to Inspectors and we'll get the uh, Brazilian sliced meat and they come up to you and, you know, stop and go and eat as much as you want. I try to treat these kids like a king to say, look, you guys can get all that. I got a master's degree in, in physical education. I've, you know, I've worked 25 years and 33 years, 34 years as a coach. So I have established myself. And I'm just, you know, I mean, I just try to show these guys, look, this is a beautiful city. Look how hot it is out here. You know, um, we walk around Lake Merritt and, and just see the sceneries of all the different beautiful people and get on scooters. We can ride bikes and, um, just enjoy um, the, the the cultural enrichments that they'll see because um, all the young people meet at the lake. The lake, they're 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 cooking, they're vendors. Um, it's a really the young people that really came back and and, and 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 took over their city in a sense. And that's that's what I would show the, the young recruits just how beautiful Oakland is. But then the history and then you know Lake Mayor been there shoot. Since 1900, you know, um, those are just so many um, monuments and, and, and nice places that they can go because Oakland and being in the Bay Area, everything is just five to 15 minutes away. So I utilize all my resources because we can go to Santa Cruz. That's 45 minutes. That's on the beach or Half Moon Bay. Um, when parents come with kids, you know, I try to really sell San Francisco. I saw them how beautiful San Francisco is, but then, you know, you, they start saying, well, Oakland's not safe. Okay, well, a lot of cities aren't safe, but you can't leave your laptop sitting in your back seat. Somebody is going to take it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, there's certain areas, yeah. Yeah. They, they give Oakland a bad look and a bad um, um, reputation, but um, Oakland is just a tough, gritty city, and it's a great melting pot. We have a great mixture. I mean, we're not even a chocolate city no more. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk. I, I think I have a pretty good idea about how you do this just from talking with you in just this short amount of time. But talk about how you connect with the kids that you recruit, you know, how you start building those relationships with them and then how you continue to build those relationships with them once once you get them on campus, once they sign the dotted line. Well, I had a, I had a recruiting call um, two days ago um, from uh, where was I at uh, Tennessee. They were in Memphis, Tennessee, with a young recruit, and the mother was like, "Coach, I sent my son out to JUCO out there before, and they didn't take care of him." You know, JUCOs in Northern California, um, we don't have housing, and, and it's expensive to live. Here at Lincoln, though, you know, we we got we have housing. You know, I got apartments and stuff it's so it's a lot easier you know i had kids living in cars and locker rooms at laney so um that is a plus for me um what i'm trying to do what i'm trying to do is just um as soon as they get here i'm making sure they got everything you know i tell the parents you know i'm going to take care of him like he's my own son and i've always done that with kids so he's going to be responsible to have a book bag and you know he has to buy his book and that was a really tough thing for kids. We have to buy books, Coach? Yes, you do have to buy books. Here's your book um, your book waiver, your book, you know, it's a voucher. But you have to be resourceful. Um, I make sure that they're on time to class. I make sure that they're always sitting in the front in class. And I always at Laney would um, just follow my kids and just, you know, make them have progress reports. Like, Coach, we're not in high school no more. It doesn't matter. You still have to learn to be responsible in the classroom because. 
nowadays, you have to have a degree. <laughs> you have to have a degree if you don't work hard, right? And they look at me and they say, yeah, yeah, we're going to play in the league. Everybody don't get a chance to play in the league. When I, I did an internship with the Carolina Panthers um 2013, and I saw guys. And then I was in the NFL locker room and I was on the NFL sideline and you see why those guys are in the NFL. And I'm, I'm good. I'm good where I could pretty much be on point with, yeah, he's going to make it. Yeah. He's still got some work, this and that. But um, I follow, I like my kids that have left me from 30 years ago. I still stay in contact. I just talked to a kid the other night. He hit me on with social media. Now I'm not very good on it, but this Twitter, and this Instagram and Facebook, I can talk to any of my kids from years ago. And I love it because they always remember, um, they thank me for, you know, what I offered them. Um, you know, just life's questions and being responsible and how to fill out an application. Um, I just had a kid that's um, Josh Bolden. He's at University of San Diego. He's an outside linebacker. Um, they get partials. He's, at, um, he's up there now. He texted me. Um, two weeks ago, <clears throat> AV. I'm so glad the, uh, the the technique, the Division One technique, and NFL stuff that you've been teaching me for the last four years. I'm applying it here in San Diego. And I text him back. I said, "What do you mean by that?" And he's like, "I'm applying it. Everything you taught me, all the buzzwords, snap your hips like on a double team, hat in the crack. I give him. I teach that way." All right, let's work hat in the cat. I had in the crack. Let's go snap and pull, snap, pull, and snap, snapping those hips. And they and they started. They finally got it. They pick it up when they get to the next level. And he was just thanking me. Um, playing the reach block, coach. You told him, they'll never let him get that outside shoulder. No, it's never turned. Stay square. Keep leverage. And it just. I guess after your kids leave you, they really appreciate you. Because my own son does that after he's left the house and. He's uh, Jamal Train. He works for JLT Training. is a, a, a performance training. He trains the NFL athletes, and he's always saying, "Dad, I never understood and appreciate things you taught me until I left." So, um, David Fields at uh, Northeast uh, Louisiana, Southeast Louisiana. He's always calling me, telling me, thanking me because those are the things that. The regimental stuff, the, the stuff you and I tire teaching our kids or our, our young players just to be on time to practice, be on time to class, how important and how it carries over in lifetime uh, lessons because you got to work someday. So you have to be on time to work. So we just starting good habits now, early. And that's what I've always done with my kids. And I call them all my kids because I bring them to the house. Um, we take We go on outings. I do a lot of team building team bonding, you know, like a lot of head coaches like, like to say, oh, you're too soft on them, you're too, too nice to them, this and that. No, they respect me. They know um, I ain't no easy guy. I'll, I'll be, I get on their butts and, and get after it. But um, I love the kids. I mean, they, 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 I mean, most of them are like, you know, African-American kids. I mean, these are like, you know, kids that, you know, they need me. They need a guy that's a big brother, a role model, somebody that's telling them some positive stuff because um, sometimes I get kids from, you know, real sketchy life um, worlds and, you know, tough backgrounds, um, don't have the good upbringing, but kids can always change. I had a kid, um, Darwin Hamilton, you know, street kid, but um, 
he, him and I connected. We 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 channeled our energies, and he was a great player for me. Um, now he's working in in um, where the Atlanta, Georgia. You know, with a child, married. You know, they got families now, so they just always remember um, when a person understands them, but then gives a damn and takes time with them. Everybody can't do that because I have an understanding wife. My wife understands. And she's been at this a long time. She missed a lot of vacations. And she used to always tell me now, like, you know, now that you're not coaching, because um, I because I, I did officially retire at Laney in 2019. But then um, they called me out of retirement because one of my bucket lists and goals was to coach at the university. So, so I did a little bit a lot. I did. I answered a bunch of questions right there. No, that's that's great stuff. Great stuff, coaching. And I, and I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head there. And and one of the the uh, a term that we talked oh, a couple episodes ago about was this idea of maybe this misconception of what it means to be a player's coach. And for a long time, when you said, "Well, he's right. a player's he's coach." Yeah, that's a negative connotation there. But I think now, yeah. even more than ever, you have to be a player's coach. And that doesn't mean that you you, know, you let your kids walk all over you or you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever, guys, let's just kind of go out here. But but you have to pour into them and and uh, and, and, and a, in a way get on their level. Obviously, there has to be that line of I'm still the coach, you're still the kid. Right, I don't party with you. Yeah, I don't go out exactly. with you. I don't exactly. do nothing that I'm supposed to. But Ty... I treat them like they're my own son. Yeah, there you go. And I noticed that helps me. Like at DBC, I ran a rotation. Um, we ran a we we ran a four three D. I mean a three four defense, and I ran a rotation of nine. I had nine dudes that were all ready to play at all times, and I prepared them that they knew. But then on Fridays or uh, Mondays, we were eating fat. You know, coach coach is gonna bring us something. He's gonna make us some 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 teriyaki chicken with some rice and vegetables, you know. I, I teach them because I teach health. So I teach them how easy it is to manage your money and eat healthy. You know, you, you guys want to be Adonis great football players, but you can't eat chips and sodas, you know. You got to eat this, you know, good stuff. So I start bringing them stuff that they never eat, and they'd be like, damn, coach, it's kind of good sushi. My guys love sushi. We eat a lot of sushi in California. And, and, you know, coach, that's raw, you know, but, but it got no protein for eat it. You know, I do, yeah. do, I do special things for kids because um, I feel like God has blessed me um, with the ability to understand, know, and love football. And for, your, for a person to understand, know, and love football, you can be very valuable in this community to help other people, help young people. What was tougher, coaching junior college football or working at a juvenile detention center for 25 years? Working at the facility. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Talk but about that a little bit. Just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I did a story. Um, McClyman, they won an Emmy. Um, they did a story on the kids coming from the inner city, going to college and not doing drugs and alcohol, and then the kids from the same area. West Oakland, um, going to life, going to jail for uh, life, you know, um, murder, robbery, um, assault, rape, and things that those effects. Um, the hall was hard. I mean, I was union president, so I had other distractions. But um, it's funny you say that, Ty. I didn't have problems with the kids. It was more with adults. Because I, I used to run my units like I was running a rec center. You know, we'd get up early in the morning, we'd exercise. I always did more burpees and 
we had pull-up contests and push-up contests. And, you know, I just made, I made jail fun for these kids. I, I made it so creative that they wanted to, um, you know, they used to bring people in the unit there and his coaches unit. We've always won inspection. We always had the top unit. So a lot of times I did the correlations to why you're in jail to why you're on the, how you're on discipline on the football field. And, you know, my kids learned a lot. It's funny you say that. I still got kids from jail, they call me. that say, hey, B, I'm at, I'm at uh, Susanville. Hey, B, I've been okay. I just got arrested for a robbery, and I just was checking on you. See how you was doing? They call you by your last name. And um, because when I had them kids when they were 13, 14, 15, and then when they turned 18, they sent them to prison for 25 years. So you build similar relationships with them. Yeah. But those are leaving you, and the other ones are leaving to go to college, but I can still go watch them play. Because I, I travel to watch my guys play. I had a, a kid, Joe Butler. He's playing arena football in San Antonio. He came out here. I, went, I was in San Antonio and met his parents to recruit him, and his father said, take care of my son. I took care of his son. His son got a bachelor's degree from Texas A&M, Texas Conference, and now he's still playing football. But Joe came out here. Um, not knowing nothing about Oakland, and I took care of him like he was my own. You know, there's times that they had to stay at my house. We didn't have housing. Um, the juvenile hall, it was just always negative. So I tried to make the negativity in a positive with a lot of rewards. I applied with the school district. I would, you know, do a lot of uh, rewards and, and rewarding kids for doing well academically. And then, you know, we do every every um, presidential health, uh, you know, the, 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 the fitness test. Yeah. Pre- fitness test. Yeah. And, you know, I applied cause you had the schooling. So, you know, me having my physical education background, I just used to apply it to my units and, you know, kids used to love getting transferred to my units. Staff used to hate working in my units because the kids were always out. I always, my, the, the, that's the one big thing. If you ever talk to a person that worked in a jail, you can tell what kind of jailer they were. Were your kids always locked up? Were you guys, you know, out? And I had the, the worst kids in Alameda County. I mean, the, the, the killers, the ones that were on TV, and, and they knew I coached. And, you know, um, some of them would always, oh, when I get out, I'm going to come see you, find you. they talk that. But then... Um, you know, I, I would just teach these kids. I mean, I had Virgil Hunter. I worked with Virgil Hunter. Virgil Hunter um, was one of my mentors in juvenile hall, and he's the trainer for Andre Ward, uh, heavy, our middleweight champion. Boxer. Oh, wow. wow. And you imagine me and Virgil in a unit together with a Vietnam veteran, Dwight Aiken. I mean, he was all the muscle. Me and Virgil was just programming. We'd have fun. And we had uh, Dwight Lee Aikens. He was just an old Vietnam veteran, but he was a great counselor. He was, he'd, he'd, he'd have control. He'd have control. Virgil and I would be, you know, um, running tournaments. We'd have volleyball. We'd have, we played kickball in units. I mean, we did a lot of special things um, because of the men we were. So even though it was a tough situation, um, we just apply our, our um, physical education backgrounds, but we'd always keep our security, of course. Well, it just seems like, Coach. I mean, that 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 same approach that you that you had in you know in, in instructing those kids uh, at the center was really the same approach that you took, you know, coaching and instructing your kids there on the football team. I mean, I imagine 
you know, this is going to sound like a like a bad illustration, but there wasn't. I mean, there's probably more similarities between those two situations than there were differences. And that's not to say that the kids playing JUCO football were bad kids or anything like that, but just that you know that you're trying to find ways you're trying to find ways to connect with those kids and keep things positive and build those positive relationships with them. And so I, I just can imagine that you know really the the techniques and things that you were doing. You know, one job really translated into the other one. Is that would you say that's that's correct? I, I, I mean, my grandfather was a sharecropper from uh, St. Francis, St. Francisville, Louisiana. You know, we you know, didn't have a whole lot growing up, so you learned to respect people um, for who they were and how they respected you. So even though you were locked up, I still gave you the utmost respect until you, you know, showed me differently. Same thing on the football field. You know, kids can be very fickle and. Um, Kids can lie on you. Kids can manipulate it. They're not playing. But see, it's funny, Coach. I have open open dialogue with my kids. You got something wrong? You got a problem? Let's, let's put it out there. And I'll show you because the film never lies. The film never lies. I'm telling you. It's assignment. It's assignment. Assignment. Alignment. Oh, you didn't align up right. Those little things, I mean, you can't have no beef with me because if you don't know, if you know what you're supposed to do and can make plays, I'm going to play you. So yeah. a lot of kids would, um, we wouldn't have issues like that. You, I didn't have issues when you had to go talk to the head coach because Coach V wasn't getting along with somebody. No, you know why you're not playing. You know why. But then, but then the inner side of me is saying, okay, I'm at a Juco now. I know he's not a D1. He's definitely not a D2. But I got to get this kid's film. So I can get him to an NAI or a D3. And, and and it's funny because Coach Raymond used to always get on me about it. Why is he in the game? Why is he in the game? One of my third string guys, he's in there with, you know, um, uh, <laughs> he's in, you know, in the third quarter in a close game or something. Why is he in the, I'm like, go ahead and try to get him some film. And now he's, you know, he's arguing. But then he'd always come back to say, hey, this kid, he's not a Division One two guy. But he got pretty good film. He, he can do something. And it's about finding a home for these kids. And then that's the one unique thing about Lincoln University is that um, we're the only non-Division one program in California that has football. The only. Yeah. The only. Yeah. So it, it's valuable. Um, I played locally at Hayward. Hayward's um, 20 miles from San Ramon and 10 miles from Oakland. Um, we had a Division II NCAC. That's where Brian played at uh, Coach Kaufman at Sonoma State. We played up at Humboldt State. We played Humboldt State. We played Chico State. We, um, uh, Coach Bellotti went to Chico State. He, he went to Hayward. He coached at Hayward, and he um, coached uh, Chico State also. But you got a lot of good names that came out of that Division II football. What's helping us with having Lincoln, though, now is I can instead of them kids having to go. My son went to Concord University in Athens, West Virginia. He had um, two offers: one UC Davis and two uh, in Texas D2 and Western Georgia. So there was no avenues for him to go. Occidental's a, a, a college uh, in in California and LA. They just gave up football. Now they got Azusa Pacific, but then right up here in Oakland. We're open this year. We we gonna play all levels. We gonna see how good we are. So I'm I'm trying to get any kids they want. They can call me, email me, text me, Twitter me, co at Coach Borderline, and send me some guys. I need dudes. But I just try to um 
help kids get out. And everybody's not a Division One football player, Ty. You know that. Oh, so yeah. are we going to not coach him? No. I'm going to coach him even harder. But see, one thing I be doing, I be having such good relationships with my players. I got player coaches out there. I got dudes that know everything that have been around me for three years. Uh, Jahari K is a prime example. Jahari K came from Stanley Angel High School, and he's a starting defensive end at uh, Sam Houston College right now. Another Texas school. Oh, yeah, and that's that's my hometown right there, Sam Houston State. Ah, uh, Steph, go check out Jahari K, and you tell me you met Coach Vince. There we go. All right, all right. So it's a small world. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Um, and, and, and he was a basketball player. He, he was undersized kid, but now he's a, he's a big dude, 250. Six two two six three two fifty, and he make make some money. So, um, I just have kids that I coach. I, I tell them I give them the recipe. I give them the recipe, and a lot of this is um, teachings from Ed Hall, Rod Marinelli. When I used to do Cal camps, Rod Marinelli, he's the D coordinator. I think it's the um, Cal boys, or something he used to be. But he, I'd sit in the office with him and. He really helped me with stuff. Eric Washington, um, Sam Mills, those guys were, um, you know, great mentors and, and helped me with learning to step my game up in coaching, you know, um, to elevate snapping hips and, you know, how important hands are, hand placement. You know, Brian and I would always, Brian would always pick my brain because um, anytime Panthers, anytime I go to Carolina, I can meet up with Rich Rogers and, Eric Washington, uh, they're at Washington now in Buffalo Bills, but I call them guys all the time. So they can still help me, and they they, they still mentor me. Um, just teaching kids, you know, the techniques that make their job easier. Yeah. You know, remember we used to, yeah, to stop the run on the goal line, you just submarine and take their legs out. You know, then you're dead. You're on the, uh, what are you going to do after you, you take their legs out? You know, <laughs> old school stuff. We just got to get up with the, a new type of coaching. Keep going to the coaching of the year clinic. Keep um like I'm going to a, 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 a combine this weekend. I just been going to combine, and I wish I could coach more coaches. Like I'm looking for a GA right now. I need a a good guy that don't want my job, or if he wants my job, he can still come. That um be a, a grad assistant and coach the D tackles for me, and then I can help them coach. I got a kid at um, Lamar uh, University. He's a D line coach. I, he coached under me for three years, um, Cameron Davis. I mean, he's a great D-line coach. He knows how to communicate with his players. He understands technique. And that's what us older coaches need to start doing is continue to help these young people. Um, Alonzo Carter has a great um, West Coast Zoom. Um, and he gets coaches from all over the country on it. And it's just very valuable because it's um, older coaches helping young coaches. And it's so valuable, so valuable, so valuable. Well, let so me valuable. let me let me ask you this: Now that you're you know you coached outside backers at Laney, and now you're you're back to coaching defensive line there at Lincoln. Hallelujah! Yeah, yeah. Well, what is your favorite aspect of defensive line play to coach? Like you know, pass rush, stopping the run, tackling, hand hand placement, eye discipline. What what is it? Well, Coach Ty, you know better than anything. You can't have a pass rush if you don't stop the run. So yes, sir. You got to always stop the run first. God dang it! They got to they got to make sure we. <laughs> you got to you got to stop the run. It's so important. So um, I always teach one thing buzzword. You'll always hear me saying, um, "Violent hands, accelerate your feet," and then like the name of this podcast, 
Pad level, baby. Pad yeah, that's level. right. That's and right. Things that I always teach kids, and and you can work a progression from that with hand strikes and hips, hand strikes and hips from the knees, from the six points to a two point to a three point, four point, whatever. I always teach progression on um, stopping that run, keep it running your feet, and then pass rush is my forte. Pass rush is my forte. What I'm doing is um, I work moves. I work chop rips. I work tight overs. I work um, club rips. I work jab olays where you where you jab inside and you olay outside. I don't teach the swim. I teach the tight overs. Yeah. I don't teach um, um, uh, spins. I teach speed turns, you know, different terms like that. That's terminology that, you know, young coaches can get from a person like me that I got from Ed Hall and Eric Washington and Sam Mills and, you know, NFL dudes that um, it's buzzwords. And I, and I learned that um, teaching that way, the kids, they pick it up and they, um, my kids be, um, work at pass rush in the mirror all the time. I'm always talking half the shade, half the man, half the man, run your feet, run your feet. And as young coaches, instead of just getting on them, just keep shooting them buzzwords to them and they're going to pick it up. Um, my thing with Jahari K, David Fields, all the D1 dudes is we used to do a long arm, long arm, long arm, or that long arm and just squeeze, squeeze, squeeze that edge, squeeze that edge. But then you want to go plug tight over. So club tight over, he's snapping them hips, or some hips. I love pass rush. My passion um, at Diablo Valley College, we love the state. Um, and in fact, the three years that I was there, we averaged um, 50 sacks a season. And then at Laney, with Brian and I and, and, and Coach Ramos, um, you know, we, we led the um, sacks also. I think it was two years that I was there. But um, you got to get off the ball. You know, I'm always teaching getting off the ball. I do a lot of ball drills with just ball recognition and a lot of say, hut, hut, hut. a lot of different um, cadence, cadences, getting ready, getting lined up. Um, I, I think everything is my favorite. If that makes sense. No, I mean, I, yeah, it all kind of like you t- you talked about, it, and I think that's such a an important thing that you that you said there is coaching in progressions. You know, like I used to starting out, and I think a lot of young coaches are like this. Where you just kind of go out there and you sort of coach things a la carte, like I'm going to coach this and then I'm going to coach this, instead right. of how it all fits together. And like, and I and I mentioned right. this a couple of weeks ago. Even in my indie, like pass rush is the last thing that we do. Like we got to work through our run, our run, our block recognition and stuff. And and then if we have time, you know, we'll get to our pass rush. But we got to earn that right. And I think that yeah. that's that's how yeah. it's got to be. Everything's got to be hey. on a progression. Hey Ty, I um. When I do pass rushing, I set up pop-up bags. Yeah. I set them up about seven yards apart. And I'll go through that same repetition every day in practice. Every, this is the only pass rush stuff you get right now. Because everything else is like what you're talking about. I'm on the sled working hips, double teams. I'm working on leverage, things like that. All right, here we go. Tight over, go. And you're going to finish, of course, with like a strip sack or something on the quarterback. But then a uh, tomahawk chalk on the quarterback. But then I'll go um, hands, 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 and then under. You know, we go, we go chop rips, chop rips, and you're taking your time with it. I make them. I'm training the brain to apply it in in a game, and then we start picking up progression. First fifty percent, then seventy five, 
then full speed. If you ever talk to one of Coach D's players, they always say, what would he do on uh, pass rush days? Because, like, how you talk about, like, I have a little more time, and I can um, I can have the kids at, say, you know, 12 o'clock, 12, 1 o'clock sometimes with meetings and things like that. So um, I'll, I'll do pass rush stuff in meetings. I mean, I still talk. In the college level, especially JUCO, you try to learn how to steal practice times um, because everything's so tight. At Laney College, they run their program like a Division One on defense. Everything's moving. We're never standing around. Um, they slowed it down for the, 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 the video, for the TV, just so they could, you know, see what we're doing. But um, our increments are like three to five minutes. Go. You know, all the, and they're going, moving the stations, move, move, move. Just so the kids aren't sitting around not doing nothing. Yeah. Of course, you need to service kids and things to that effect, but we're always doing something with movement, some form of movement. When you're when you're talking about let's talk pass rush, just because you said that's your forte. Give us just some like like you've already given us some great buzzwords and cues that, that I love, and and I and I'm big on that. I mean, because like you said, I think being able to especially coach when you're talking in three to five increments, three to five minute increments. You don't have time to break everything down and say, "Okay, hey, buddy." You you got, you do that yeah, English. just give, give us some more. Give me, give me one or two words, and those kids know what they mean. All right, so yeah. so give us some buzzwords or some maybe some 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 of your secret sauce a little bit that that, that when when it comes to coaching pass rush. Hey, hey um, half the man, half the man, get off, get off, uh, contain rush, contain rush, so important. And then with contain rush, um, don't peek inside. Yeah, contain, stay outside. Don't peek inside. You peek inside, you're gonna go. I'm telling you, she's a pretty girl inside. Stay with the the, the fours outside. <laughs> Stay with the ones that you know that that'll take care of you better in life. Yeah, that's right. Check. That's right. But um, yeah, keep that outside hand free. Outside hand free. Outside hand free. And then I always tell them, get your hands on. Them. You know, what kind of? How are they setting you? Is he on a deep set? Is he on a slide protection? Um. Slide protection um, coming at them, you know, you got to work on snapping hips. That, that's where snapping hips come in because if they say, say we're on a, a one and that backside guard steps over on you, you got to be able to snap your hips and then, and then rip through because um, Donald does those so well. Donald yeah, on his yeah. inside play, um, he does phenomenal jobs. And then um, always know your situation. Pass rush, what's the situation? All right. Sometimes we would. We were more of like a contain rush. I call it like a contain rush. You're working half the man upfield. You're keeping separation off that guy, off that tackle, but you still got your outside hand free. You still got to contain rush, all right? You got to know how to change speeds. You got to know how to, I tell them to give them that wiggle. That wiggle is looking at that offensive lineman straight in the eyes, okay? And you're just wiggling that head side to side, and then you don't know if you're going inside or outside. You don't know. If you're going through them, around them, what are you doing? And it's not all about bull rushing. I mean, bull rushings are effective at times, all right? But when you get bull rush, you allow offensive line to hold you. And I know you are. Everyone on this podcast, we all know that. That's why it's so important to keep hands off you. I do a lot of hands off, hands on. Um, old school guys, wax on, wax off. All right, well, I'm here. I'm off. I'm, I'm doing, um, is it pairing? Pairing? Yes, pairing. Yeah. So we'll go wax off press, wax off, press, and we just keep working hands with the offensive lineman. I'm always grabbing 
I call it grab the bridge. So I always do a stab and grab. Stab with the inside hand, right at the V of the neck, grab that up. Because if you hit somebody in their chest, right, in their, in their, in their sternum area, which is legal, he's going to naturally put his hands up on you. So you want to stab and grab that outside hand of him. Once you grab that outside hand, that offensive lineman, what's wrong? You're controlling him. Now, if you have the proper leverage and your feet are accelerating, you're going to work stab, grab, and tight over on him. Or you're going to work a stab and grab, and you grab him, and then he just goes out the way. So a lot of times, I try to teach kids counter moves on what offensive line are going to do. So on a pass rush, the kids, is amazing when I brought stab and grab to them. I never – the stab and grab is just um, – a great move for a pass rush move because you're jacking these big six six offensive tackles up who've probably never been in a fight in their life and still play basketball and they're just light. But when you get a nice inside punch on him, you're jacking him up. So in the recovery of that offensive lineman, he's putting his hands up and then you just work double scissors off him. Stab, grab, double scissors. I work a lot of um, working levers. The, the, the arm, the arm forms of the offensive linemen are great levers. So you always want to, like Brian was saying, then thumbs got to be up. You got to have your thumbs up, elbows in. You have to. And then a lot of times you just attack elbows. Pass rush moves, stab and then chop that elbow. You knock them hands down and you keep accelerating your feet, you're going to win. Or you're, we're, we're going to win. Yeah, Coach, I, I like that. Now, you're, you're kind of getting into some Ohio State stuff there with the uh, the side scissors and the stab and, and, and basically, you know, it, baby. you know, taking away that space uh, but, and, and forcing their hand because, you know, those guys who are really well coached, you know, they're, they're going to keep those hands in nice and tight and, and really wait yeah. for you to make the, 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 uh, the first move. And so by, by closing down that space, by getting in their area, that's, that's forcing them to, to shoot those hands. So I really like that. Now let me ask you this: What what do you tell your guys when you're rushing a, a an extremely mobile quarterback who you have to be really careful about rushing past his level because as soon as you get even with him, he's going to tuck it and run. You know what are you coaching? You what, what are you telling your guys about that? Shoulder. You always keep that. You, um, we we do a lot of scramble drills um, in my D line, um, so we're going to cage the quarterback. We're going to put a fence around the quarterback, and if you practice it like in your group time or your indie time. They, they understand, they get the concept of what we're trying to get. The main thing is we're five rushers or four rushers rushing five or we're five rushing six. So we got to rush together and we have to cage number seven back there because he's very mobile. And then um, you just got to coach it. You know, if you, if you coach scramble drill with D-line and um, we're always keeping that quarterback on the inside shoulder and you never go as what deep as the ball. So that helps also is um and then stay square because once you turn your hips you gave up your you've given it up yeah, so never yeah. never snap never turn your hips because he's going to bounce on you so or or if you're athletic enough to get around your tackle quarterback's on your inside shoulder and then he bounces um outside of you you got to make sure you turn and get flat right away go turn and run turn and run turn and run yeah, that's that's always a nerve-wracking thing as a D-line coach when you're rushing a, a mobile quarterback, and and the worst thing uh, in the world is just to have these guys who just fly upfield and and they have no concept you know, of yeah, they just well they just think because he's mobile he's gonna run it right, but then you got to change your schemes too, give them different looks, 
um, confuse the quarterback. Remember, in your level, he, um, he's 16, 17. So yeah. um, you're D coordinator, and um, he needs to send certain uh, packages. You got to always uh, get some linebackers up there to um, disrupt your blocking schemes. You got to you got to find your one on one mismatch when you're yeah. playing scheming on your film study or if you're watching kids. You got to find your 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 your, your weak sister, and then you got to find the backup that comes in. How good is he? <laughs> and then you just got to um, sideline adjust and, and attack them because we game plan it, and I've never game plan as well. Um, as a team, uh, as a unit at uh, Delaney College, since um, Josh Ramos, he had everything ready for us. Um, coach Deco White, DB coach Derek Gardner, we were all on the same page together because um, that's why we were good in 18. Our defense was fast, but the, the, the years from 2013 to 19 to 18, those five years got us there um, in recruiting and just we trained the kids' brains, and it was all an attitude. Josh Ramos was start. It's all an attitude. And then he made it fun. You make big plays, we had the sledgehammer out there. Um, you make a big play, um, like all the teams now, they have the big gold chains and the belts and all that. I, you, you need that kind of stuff. You know, that, that's new football. And if you want to keep coaching around, you've you got to, you know, get up with the times and, and, and be innovative and, Allow to have fun with these kids. Have fun. You know, talk their language. Talk their language. You're absolutely right, Coach. Absolutely, and and that and I could tell that you know from just a an outside outside perspective watching that season of Last Chance you you could tell that the chemistry that you guys had there and and you know that seemed to come That's through. Why we won. Yeah, That's that, why we that, won. that seemed to come through on the show. So they they definitely got that part right. Well, coach, but it was all offense, but they had us at the bar. That's, yeah, that's okay. right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, look, we're going to close out today our conversation today with some rapid fire, our rapid fire oh, segment. Oh, I'm ready. And, and I know you're ready. I know you're juiced up and ready to go. So I'm going to throw <laughs> some words out here. Hey, at, hey, 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 hey. Sack on me, sack on three. One, two, let's three. Let's go. Sack. Let's go. Let's go. All right, coach. First one up out of, out of the gate. This is typically the one we start off with, but head up or shade nose. Which one do you prefer? Shade. Okay. So shade. So shade. Does that mean that you're you're a four down front guy? You prefer or or three down front? I, I prefer, but I like shades because I mean, I want to make that guard have to block him. Yeah. Yeah. Because that center not going to be able to block him in that seam there. Yeah. I'm gonna take that gap okay. every time. I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna step up my little linebacker or my Mike linebacker up there in that um in that B gap and who what they gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna beat that center. I'm gonna beat that center, and then I'm gonna make that guard have to watch that backer step into that gap. You got to respect me because I'm coming. All right. So you, you talked about the the uh, food scene there at Oakland. Okay. So you're here's the scenario. You're walking up. There's two food trucks there that you can choose from. One's got tacos. One's got pizza. Which one are you headed to? Tacos. Okay. What's tacos. What, what kind of tacos? Carnitas. Carnitas with no cheese, no sour cream. Just uh, cilantro, onions, and uh, pico de gallo. Okay. All right. I can roll with all that. I can roll with all that for sure. <laughs> we've, been on, okay. we've been on taco trucks yeah. in Oakland. Yeah. That's why it's funny yeah. you said that. Okay. So, Coach, I, you don't seem like a guy who needs a whole lot of help getting juiced up, but your preferred method for getting a little extra juice, whether it be game day, whether it be for a practice, is it music or caffeine? Which one Which one are you going to turn to? Um, we drink... <laughs> We drink um, free workout with Gatorade. There you go. 
There you go. I be right. moving. I be moving. <laughs> my wife tell me to chill out. So she's like, maybe you're 50. I was 54 then. But um, it, the, the pre-workout get me going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, my wife, she doesn't really understand it either. And, and I I don't really expect <laughs> them to. But, man, it's just, you just, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, you just got to get yourself going. and and uh, I mean, and, just imagine, like, getting a bus ride. Taking, see, we take bus rides um, at the community college, but. At Lincoln University, we'll be flying like the Hastings, Nebraska, the Hastings University, and we play Eastern New Mexico, so we're going to be flying. And then getting off a bus trip, spend the night. I mean, you need something. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about defensive fronts, okay? Are you more of a react and then attack or attack and react type of front? You better get your pen right now. I'm going to give you a new one. Okay. I I respond to the stimuli. Okay. All right. All right. That's what I teach. I don't. I don't. If I'm reacting, I'm too late. So I'm responding immediately to the stimuli, and the stimuli is that down block. I'm squeezing. Um, the stimuli is that 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 hard that 45 angle step that tackle's taking. Um, trying to, to to attack my outside shoulder. I'm responding to the stimuli. So I coach that every day. In, in pre-practice, you know, um, respond drill. All right, here we go. Stimuli drill. Here we go. And we could do, we'll do one-on-ones. We'll do two-on-ones. We'll do, um, you know, I work uh, responding to stimuli with hat in the crack when we're working double teams. All right, you got a, a down block by the tight end, tackles posting. You're going to go uh, grab and snap, grab and snap. And then when they apply it, when we're working it, they don't think it really works. And they, well, I'm giving myself up, coach. No, you're not. You're blocking <laughs> two guys. You're making two guys block you. Yeah. So someone's gonna go free. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So All I right. Teach respond to the stimuli. Yeah, and I think you could. I think you could classify that under attack and then react. It's kind of like what I say. Like you know, we're gonna shoot first oh, and ask questions thing. later. No, it's the same. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's a, it's identical. Yeah. It's identical. It's the same thing. Yeah. But the, the terminology I yeah. use is different. Yeah. No, I like that. I like yeah. that responding to yeah. the stimuli. There, you, I, I like that. Okay. For you, uh, playing surface of choice, grass or turf? Oh, I like, I love grass. My kids, my kids ain't never played on grass. They don't know. <laughs> but, um, and, it, and it's funny because I think it's a great, um, it's a disadvantage to kids that we that with the turf, yeah. but it's financially, you know, um, but I prefer grass by far. I've never really, I, when I played in junior college, we had that hard after turf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cement. Yep. And you get the razor burns and all oh, that. Yeah. The geese would be pooping on it, but, <laughs> and you'd get the infections and stuff. But um, yeah. no, I'm definitely I, I prefer grass. It's hard to be just a, a grass field that's really well taken care of and you it's know, hard. really tight. It's hard. And, and and anyway, that, that's I, I'm, I'm you with you there. You gotta roll it. You gotta yeah. have a good a good grass. The, the, I mean, it, it, now you gotta have that good putting green out there. That's right. That's right. Okay, so for you, uh, if you have some downtime, which are you more likely to to take part in? Uh, pick up a book or watch a movie? Downtime, dude. I don't handle downtime. Um, <laughs> I'm always reading a book, but um, I always watch movies. On my downtime, I'm usually um, dang, it's not even downtime. Shoot, I'll um, downtime. I'm watching film with kids. I don't have no downtime. Okay. All right. All right. Well, maybe one day. To, yeah. When you when you when you when you trying to start a new program right now, you yeah. don't get no downtime. But I'm always trying to work. Like I got a friend. I got a book, uh, Black Intelligence. 
Okay. okay. All right. And it's by uh, uh, D.B. Bedford. He's one of my old juvenile hall kids that writes books about emotional intelligence now. Okay. And All it's right. funny because I apply it to football. And I um, I have all my kids read his book and just learn to control violence. Yeah. You know, football yeah. is controlled violence, okay? So now how about in this time of world now where if you say something to a police officer, something negative may happen. So now you got to learn how to talk to this person. Yeah. So a lot of times the kids get riled up and, and we all get riled up. But um, I, I've been reading his book. And um, I've been applying them to the kid, helping the kids with them, and um, I read a book called. There you I'll go. Okay. Hey, and you didn't you didn't say this, and I, but but you know, in, in your free time, you also like to make appearances on podcasts. So. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. There you but go. But I didn't have to check. I had a check bounce, so I didn't even say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to close out with a couple of uh, of Oakland questions for you. O- o- Oakland. Uh, themed scenarios for you. First one, uh, and you've kind of already alluded to this, so I'm, I'm, I know your answer, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Raiders or 49ers? I'm Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. So, so are you still pulling for the Raiders even though they're in Las Vegas, or how does that work? I'm halfway now. I, I've been they, 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 I've been divorced twice now, and <laughs> when they came back from L.A., when they came back from L.A., I um, bought a PSL, I bought season tickets, and um, I'll, yes, I will support my silver and black. Yes, I will. Well, that, that's but that's they're always Oakland Raiders. Too. Yeah, that that's 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 acceptable and that's understandable. I mean, I I was a, a Houston Oilers fan as a kid. I had a Houston Oilers starter jacket. You know, thought I was real cool. And then they moved. I had to, one too. They, they moved to Earl moved to Campbell Tennessee. Was one of my favorite players. Yeah, yeah, and and so it just wasn't the same. Curly Cope. Yeah. Curly Cope was another one of my favorite players. Yeah, and and, and now I'm a long suffering Cowboys fan, and and we won't talk anymore about that. But uh, okay, last one for you. Two <laughs> running backs. Two running backs out of Oakland. Uh, both had had really outstanding uh, NFL careers. Uh, who are you rolling with, Maurice Jones-Drew or Marshawn Lynch? Beast mode. <laughs> Marshawn does a lot for the community. Yeah. Marshawn gives um, books. Marshawn gives – he's got restaurants. Marshawn is uplifting our community. Marshawn um, has made Oakland better. How about that? Yeah, I, I, I've seen that. I've, I've heard that, and, I, and I, it's nice to hear that now, from he's someone who's actually – He's a young man I watched when he played Pop Warner. And then I watched him, you know, at Oakland Tech High School. I watched him at Cal, and um, he's he loves his city. He loves his city. I mean, like, we have a rapper, uh, Mr. Fab. And they, these are all young kids that grew up, and I knew them. They love their city. They get back. They open up businesses in their city. Um, they, they they speak it and uh, they speak it uh, rallies. Uh, Black Lives Matters. They're all there. Um, they're, they're leaders in our community, but um, they they good young men. They're good dudes. Yeah, they're good dudes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's Don't good to hear. Don't bear, baby. Don't bear. <laughs> well, Coach, great stuff. I know we could go on and keep talking forever. Oh, you're but, awesome. But, just, thank but, you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Uh, go Titans. Um, what else? Uh, shoot, I love Texas. I will be there soon. Lincoln University. If uh, kids are listening, coaches are listening, Coach Vince Bordelon, Vince Bordelon at yahoo.com. And call me anytime, 510 712 7375. Thank you for having me.
Yes, sir. And we'll make sure for you guys listening, all of Coach's contact info- information will be in, in the show. And they get caught in with football stuff, too, if they want to talk football. But yeah. I got money for kids. I got um, out-of-state um, out waivers, um, 2.0s. I mean, I can help kids, but they're going to have to learn to uh, become students. And I got a couple of SEC kids. I got some uh, Juco Porto kids that I've been offering to. Um, some D1 guys. I'm just trying to, you know, my head coach said, go get them. So I got a kid from Middle Tennessee State. Um, I, I love recruiting. I mean, in the college level, that's how you win. Is, is recruit. Tosh Lupoy was a great recruiter at Alabama. You know, he's a local guy. He went to De La Salle High School and coached at Cal. Now I think he's Cleveland Browns right now, but um, it's the relationships you build. So come to Oakland and get a relationship and and be a winner and, and be great. Continue to be great. Thank you for having me. Man, great stuff from Coach Bordelon today. What an interesting career he has had. You know, and I love talking with him. His energy and enthusiasm, especially for a guy who's been at it for, for a while, is is inspiring for sure. And I'm sure he has a he has a and I'm sure he has a fun coach to play for. He has no problem getting his kids to play hard for him. And I gotta say, you know, after hearing about where he where he takes recruits, I'd love that to, to have him take me on a recruiting trip, see some beautiful scenery. You know, you're going to eat some great food, talk some football. So, we have to uh, make a trip out to Oakland this off season. Uh, anyway, make sure you go and follow Coach Bordelon on Twitter. You can find him at Coach Bordelon. That's at Coach B O R D E L O N. Let him know you heard him here on KYPD. And if you want to send him a text or give him a call, you can find Coach's cell number. He said it there at the end. Uh, but you can also find his number in the show notes of today's episode, as well as his email address. Coach is brave enough to uh, throw his cell phone number out there. So there you go. You got it. Uh, anyway, hit Coach B up. He would love to hear from you for sure. Now, our quote of the day comes from another Oakland guy and Bruce Lee. And it is, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. You put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put water into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Now, if you're liking what you're hearing, let everyone else know about it. Leave us a five-star rating and a detailed review. It helps improve our podcast rating. It helps spread the word about what we're doing here at KYPD. Go ahead and do that. That can count as your good deed of the day. Anyway, we'd greatly appreciate that. Now, before we get out of here today, I got to give a shout out to two former KYPD guests who scored huge wins this weekend. Uh, First, let me say congratulations to Coach Kevin Peoples, uh, D-line coach at Indiana. The Hoosiers are a surprising 3-0 and coming off a huge win over Michigan on Saturday. So congrats to Coach Peoples. Uh, He joined us uh, earlier this summer and did a great job. Uh, Really happy for Coach Peoples and the Hoosiers. Next up, I got to give a shout out to my man, Coach Mike O'Gwen, Coach OG, D-Line GA at Notre Dame, who joined us really when this podcast was just getting started. I think it was like spring of 2019 when he was GAing at Texas Tech. And then he also joined us again uh, as, a, as a member of our D-Line panel for our D-Line Roundtable episode that we did this summer, which uh, you, know, you, can, you can hear that, on our, on our, hear that you know, in podcast form or you can watch that on our show's YouTube channel. Uh, anyway, huge win for Coach OG and the, the Fighting Iris Saturday night as they took down number one Clemson in overtime, actually double overtime, and they have now set themselves up to be in prime position for a spot in the ACC championship and even 
the national championship hunt. So proud of Coach O'Gwen, who was a Texas high school football coach just two years ago, helping Galena Park North Shore win a state championship. Now he's hoping to help the Fighting Irish to a national championship. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, anyways, that just goes to show you that you know things can change for you in a hurry, coaches, which is why you got to bloom where you're planted. And Coach OG is a great example of that. So really proud of him and wish him and Coach Peoples the best of luck the rest of the way. Now be sure to join us back here next week for episode number 86, where we talk some ball with a Division I D-line coach right here in the state of Texas. Until then, stay positive, love God, love others. And my man, Coach B, tell them what else they better do. Keep your pants down. <laughs>